Welcome to Scenario D, the podcast that takes you behind the magic by giving you the facts and a whole lot of feels. I'm Lish. And I'm Curbs. And this week we're trying to answer the impossible question. Who are we? So get ready for some supremely unprofessional psychoanalysis as we try to determine which princess we are most like. And unlike a BuzzFeed quiz, hair color and hobbies are not the leading criteria. Okay, Lish, it is time for one of our absolute favorite activities. Can you think of what it is? I'm so excited. I I can't even wait. Right? How yes. many times did we sit on our ugly plaid couch eating a pot of ice, like icing between yeah, the two of us? Just icing. Yep. Just icing with spoons, forks, whatever we had available mm-hmm. out of like literally mm-hmm. a pot you'd make macaroni and cheese in Yeah. and try to decide which princess we both were like. Oh, hundreds. So many times. So many times. And it was one of those things where every time it was a new adventure because obviously you can't be the same princess your whole life because there's too many layers to them. To make the assumption that you're one princess your whole life simply because you have brown hair or because you like a certain hobby, like BuzzFeed has gotten it all wrong, right? We do not subscribe to that here. Like hair color, not a factor. No, not a factor. No. Absolutely not. Whether you think Prince Eric is cute or not does not indicate which – I mean, obviously he's not. But if if you did, that doesn't mean you're automatically an Ariel, right? So I think we should take the time to educate our listeners on how to do what we have coined princess psychoanalysis Mm -hmm. properly. Yes. Because – there's a fine science to this. We have really distilled it down into a few easy steps that I think mm-hmm. anyone could do at home if we give them the tools. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people, when I tell them about this, they immediately want to know, well, like, who am I? What princess am I? Mm-hmm. And it's like someone that I don't necessarily know too well. So it's like, I can't do this for you if I don't know you very well. But right. Here we are to guide people along so that they can absolutely or with their best friend, which is highly mm-hmm. recommended. Yeah, I was about to say, highly recommend doing this with someone who knows you really well because they will point things out to you that you did not think about mm-hmm. for yourself. Here's how this is going to go down. What we are going to do is break down three of the main characteristics that we know each princess to possess. We're going to discuss why these are important characteristics and why they're the right ones for you to consider when you're thinking about what princess you're most like. And just to make it even easier for you listeners at home, we're going to be putting these all on our Instagram at Scenario D Podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Just, you know, a little shout out there. We're going to be putting all of these beautiful, descriptive adjectives on Instagram so you can do this after you listen to this episode, you can do it yourself with, like Lish said, your best friend. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get into the very nitty gritty personal details about Lish and I, how we yeah. have determined who each person is. Because there's a couple extra steps that BuzzFeed conveniently leaves out when they ask you to choose between living on a beach or living in a forest. You know what I mean? Like there's <laughs> yeah. there's more to it than that. Yeah. We're going to get a little raw. We're going to show mm. people... A little bit about ourselves, but hopefully 
it helps everyone to follow along at home. I mean, we might as well just jump right in. Let's get the party started. And we're going to start with the one who started it all, Walt's main gal, Snow White. Now, a lot of people give Snow White a bad rap because mm-hmm. she's kind of silly. And when I say silly, it's a nice way of saying dumb. <laughs> like she's really young and a lot of people would say naive and this and that. But we both know her to be much more than that. Absolutely. And I feel like you have to work a little bit harder to see it with her because mm-hmm. this was early on in Disney. They weren't developing characters quite as thoroughly especially the female characters so you've got to do a little bit more digging but there's definitely some key attributes there if you are looking for them that someone could very easily be a snow white type of personality oh totally and how many times when you and i have done this have we kind of just brushed off snow because we're like oh Oh, 100 percent Right. Yeah. I mean, now you were saying it earlier. My haircut is now the same. Yeah. (laughs) Visually, you are Snow White, but I mean, I'm just as cute. Doesn't matter here. So I look, I look great in a high waisted dress. I guess I do. (laughs) Bright colors, but no. Like you said, you have to dig a little bit deeper because she's not as obvious with some of these Mm -hmm. characteristics. But we know over the years and after really like digging into her film for season one here, we know that she is a super compassionate character. Mm -hmm. We see that with the way she interacts with the dwarves. We see that with the way she interacts with animals, like basically anyone who could be seen as, you know, weak or outside Mm -hmm. of kind of the popular zeitgeist. She's willing to accept them, embrace them and care for them, which is Mm -hmm. a super great quality that people do not give her credit for. She is also a little bit innocent. That comes with partly her age, but also the fact that she grew up, you know, in a palace. She was a slave in the palace, sure. But she was kind of contained for most of her life before we meet her. She kind of didn't really know any better. So there's that to her. But she's also super gracious and forgiving. Like, Mm -hmm. who else would be in the forest picking wildflowers, turns around, there's a man with a knife ready to kill her. And then she's like, you know what? I forgive you. It's fine. Like, I'll... Yeah. You know, I'm I'm not angry. I'm not bitter. Even with the evil queen, at no mm-hmm. point do we get a sense that Snow White is harboring some bitter resentment she's towards her. She's not out despite... for revenge. You know, she's no. just kind of continuing on with her life. And yeah. that's, that's a really great quality that, you know, some people have. We don't have it. No, we do not. No, yeah. absolutely. If, if you were in a field or a forest with me with a knife, I don't know if I'd forget. <laughs> I turned around and saw you holding a we knife. Done. We are not yeah, friends I'd, anymore. Not the podcast is over. Shut it down. You know those like you know custom mugs that say "podcast co-host forever" that I was going to have made for you. Not making them. No, just mm-hmm. moving on. But yeah. all that to say, when faced with adversity, she chooses to overcome it by forgiving and taking the high road. Which, mm-hmm. considering she's such an innocent character, is pretty big of her. Like that's, mm-hmm. I mean, For sure. Everything she's seen of the world outside of the palace or even inside the palace is pretty bad. And she's willing to kind of, like you said, move on with her life and continue living because she knows Mm -hmm. that everyone can fill the world with sunshine. So these are all incredible characteristics that I think a lot of people miss when they just do a standard quiz, right? Like there's more to her than meets the eye. Absolutely. I 100% agree. I, you know, we talked about how we would brush her over, but I do feel like There's people, especially in their younger years, that could absolutely Mm -hmm. fall into the Snow White category. 
Yeah. And someone who's actually kind of similar in, you know, one of Walt's original girls, and he definitely had a type and style in how he portrayed them, is, of course, mm-hmm. Cinderella. And she's someone we've talked a lot about on this podcast because mm. you are a huge, huge, huge Cinderella fan. And I'm a stan, yes. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I think there's, again, a lot of great qualities about her. You don't have to look quite as hard. They're a little bit more obvious in her character. One of the things that we like really notice about her is just how gentle she is. And that kind of yes. encompasses like how she treats the people that are mean to her, how she treats the people that are nice to her, and how she treats just like animals and her friends and just like this very warm, welcoming, calming presence with mm-hmm. everybody, no matter how what they are reflecting onto her. Like she is very consistent throughout the movie and maintaining yes. that really sense of like gentle and warm vibe. Yeah. And I don't think that that means that she's, you know, a pushover either because no. to be gentle in the face of the adversity she faces requires a lot of strength as well. Mm-hmm. Like strength of will, strength of character. And I mean, if you want me to go off on why why Cinderella <laughs> deserves more than she's got, you just got to listen to our, you know, rankings revisited episode yeah. where I lay it all out for Licious sisters who were wondering, you know, basically where my defense of Cinderella was. It's all in there. It's all there. (laughs) But yeah, I think when you use words like gentle and warm to describe someone, it's really easy to think of them as only a soft character or someone who might not have a backbone, but we know that she has a backbone, right? And I think a lot of that comes from how big of a dreamer she is too. Like Mm -hmm. when you have big goals, huge aspirations, which we both have, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of what we'd love to accomplish in our careers or even our personal lives. It's like when you're a dreamer, you've got to have a lot of courage to keep dreaming those dreams, especially when they're not going the way you want, right? Like, and Cinderella's dreams kind of evolve throughout the movie. I I, I would argue, and we don't need to spend too much time <laughs> belaboring the point, but I would argue that her biggest dream is not like marrying the prince. It's like just, it's just exploring no. more of the world. It's just like, just it's like experiencing something new. She doesn't even know he's the prince when she's <laughs> dancing with him originally. Like she's just yeah. like, she just wanted to have a good night. She just wanted to have yeah. a good time till midnight and then I'll go home. Like, oh, and yeah. there's such a humility in that being her dream. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, I just, I, all she wanted was one beautiful night and mm-hmm. that's what she got. And it happened to be more than she could have ever hoped for. And she says that she says yeah. that to the fairy godmother when she keeps, finds that glass slipper still on her foot. And she's like, it's more than I ever hoped for, you know, it just, wow, what a star. Yeah. I just love her so much. And I think these, these attributes are the reasons that anyone who gets you know, labeled as a Cinderella, you're lucky. Count your stars because Mm -hmm. she's a star. So Cinderella is one of the princesses who has received a live action remake in the past decade, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. That's part of the reason that I love her so much. It's part of the reason that we can be very confident in how fleshed out and well-rounded she is as a character. But Aurora has also gotten a remake but a little bit differently because when we (laughs) even look at the Maleficent films, well, this listen, Mm -hmm. We get to see her speak more than 18 lines, which True. is kind of exciting. True. However, she is still largely an enigmatic and mysterious character because she was not the focus of the mm-hmm. quote unquote Sleeping Beauty live action. Well, how, sh- how could she be? Who wants to watch that movie? Nobody. No, nobody, because we don't know enough about her. That being said, 
in the original animated classic Sleeping Beauty mm-hmm. with, you know, beautiful art direction by our boy Ivan Durrell and all that stuff. We do get a sense of the type of character she is from the way she moves in particular mm-hmm. throughout the yeah. film, but also how other people respond to her. And I think those things make it clear that she's a very charismatic character. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Auroras are super charismatic in the sense that people can't help but be charmed by them. You know, mm-hmm. the fairies fawn over her. Philip immediately is like, I'm into right this. Right away. Yeah. Even Samson, his horse, knows that, like, oh, this girl's got something going on. Like, I get it. Both the kings are besotted with her, either because she's, you know, oh, what a perfect match for my son, or she's my beautiful daughter. Like the whole kingdom, right? Yeah is immediately in love with her as soon as she's born. So there's a lot of charisma there that is a huge strength. People who are charismatic, it can do a lot of wonders for you, even if you don't speak that much. There's something about you that's just magnetic. 100%. People are just drawn to her. And I think right along with that is like there's definitely this romanticness to Mm. her that she has. It's just like along with the charisma that people are, are drawn in and it's like, People are falling in love with her. They're rearranging Mm -hmm. their lives and just everything for her. She's also coming at it from a very pure place. Like she's not, she's not manipulative. She's not trying to, you know, control people or anything like that. Mm -hmm. She's just very purely being herself and people can't help but fall into her. Yes. And I was going to say that she gives as good as she gets when it comes Mm -hmm. to that appeal or that romantic sense. Like she sees the whole world through rose colored glasses. Mm -hmm. And that means that she approaches everybody and everything with this real sense of just like wonder and love and joy, which is beautiful to watch. Like I love, I mean, everyone loves the once upon a dream scene, but my favorite Mm -hmm. parts are her with the animals ahead Mm -hmm. of time. Just kind of sharing this like, you know, romantic dream she had about meeting this person she met once upon a dream. Like it's very, it's similar to the to Cinderella's dreaming, but different in its tone. And mm-hmm. I think that's because Aurora is a much more naive character than Cinderella yeah. is because she's been so sheltered. She can't possibly know what else is out there because for her safety, she's been kept kind of under mm-hmm. lock and key. She doesn't know that's what's happening, so her world is just a little bit smaller, but that allows her to see everything for how beautiful it is. And that mm-hmm. there's something about that that's just really to die for. And like you said, everyone falls in love with her. How could you not? And what I love about that is everything we learned about that movie and just how beautiful the film is and the care that they took with the character mm. design and the background design and artistically how everything looked. That's such a huge part of her character as well. Mm-hmm. And I just love how that comes through with her. And I just feel like that's a became a big part of making her who she is and learning about that just added an extra dimension to her that I didn't yes. really have the context of before. Yeah. She reflects the world she lives in. And I mm-hmm. think that makes her a very richly layered and detailed character, even though we don't know as much about her. She's still alluring. She's still mm-hmm. something that we want to learn more about. And that's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I bring us forward now to the Renaissance, we're starting to learn more about our heroines they're giving us more like musical like we call heroine anthems to actually Mm -hmm. tell us what our character wants and we're just getting that extra insight and you know because the og heroine anthem your least favorite (laughs) i'm like becoming more of a fan every day 
We've got to talk about Ariel. I know. It's getting out of control. (laughs) Lish is going to want the bedspread. She's going to want the pillowcases. She's going to want the duvet cover. Oh, man. Let me just, like, talk about things that I really like about her, and then you can put a negative spin on them, as I'm sure you will. I'm not going. Oh, come on. Come on now. This is for science. We are looking at the like original adventurous princess. This is something that was definitely, you know, added to like the typical princess, you know, archetype as they were building them in the Renaissance. And Ariel was really the first that was just really seeking something outside of what she had. She felt like she didn't belong and really wanted to take action to pursue something. So she's not, you know, we're out of the, like, I'm just dreaming about something else. And like, how do I make this happen for myself? And that's Mm -hmm. something that we see very much with Ariel. What goes along with that is how daring she is because she's willing to take risks and make sacrifices to get to what she thinks Mm -hmm. she needs. And so that's also a huge part of her and a huge part of anyone that would kind of fall into this aerial category. Right. Of course. And I mean, I can't, I can't completely like hate her because (laughs) there are, no, there are, there are things that are good about her. I mean, I, I do respect and appreciate that she's also by far one of the most curious Disney characters mm-hmm. to ever exist. Curiosity, I think, is often given a bad rap or put in a bad light because it can lead to dangerous, unsavory, bad mm-hmm. outcomes, you know, because, you know, they say curiosity killed the cat. That saying right mm-hmm. there alludes to it being a negative trait. But I think yeah. when you look at it in the sense of how daring and adventurous she is, it's fueled by this curiosity to just know and understand more. Ultimately, her mm-hmm. desire to escape the ocean and her life is to learn and understand more about the world as a whole. Like she sees the world as something worthy of being understood. And mm-hmm. I can't begrudge that. Like I can't I can't be mad at her for that. Everything she finds, it's she wants to learn what it does and she wants to mm-hmm. figure out how, you know, how to say things and like learning the language and you're right. That is a great word for her because it just sparks like all of her actions and her motivation. Yes. And like also provides us with some pretty comedic moments in the movie where she's brushing mm-hmm. her hair with a fork. And, you know, that yes. sometimes, like you said, goes wrong. But it also in the end ended up leading her to her dream and, and getting what she wanted. Yes. And not to, you know, make this too heavy or anything, but I think too often people squash curiosity in people because it scares them because they don't share that curiosity. So this all kind of ties up into that daring spirit she has. She's very brave and you can't, you can't take that from her. I might dislike her in the context of her movie for a lot of reasons, but when we're looking at people who embody these qualities, they're super admirable people. So mm-hmm. as that's that's me saying this is Curbs getting on the mic, going <laughs> on record as saying, if you identify with Ariel, I don't think you're a garbage person or a bottom feeder or a waste of skin, as my father would say. I will still love and respect you, even if I don't love the character. Just that's want to so put nice because I was an Ariel at one point. I definitely Oh, had, you definitely had were. An Ariel oh, phase, so. oh, sister, please. Yeah. Your aerial phase was a lot to handle. I'm sure. Cause me to, man, we had a lot of conversations about that. But now I just, 
I've been vulnerable and brave here on the podcast today and said that if people identify with Ariel, I'm not going to shut them down. Can you say the same about Belle? Oh, for sure. For sure. Oh, I... you're making that sound so easy. Miss, Look. she's so overrated. And, me, me, me. and now you're like, yes. oh, I obviously would accept Belle's. I, I do think that her as a character, yes, she is overrated. But I also think that she does have some good qualities, some good traits. <laughs> and if you are a Belle you know, I still love you. That's fine. You do you. Um, yeah. I think what's hilarious is that as we were putting this list of adjectives together, we re- we both realized, and this was alluded to in our Unpopular Opinions episode when people mm-hmm. clapped back hard at you, but <laughs> Belle and Ariel are very similar characters in the they sense are. that they both are seeking more in their mm-hmm. life. They are both yearning for something bigger than what they experience, but they express it differently. And the way yeah. that I would differentiate Belle from Ariel for one thing is that she is extremely loyal. I think of all of the Disney princesses in the official lineup, the 14 mm-hmm. of them, Belle exhibits the most loyalty to everybody that she has a positive relationship with. So We start with her dad. Obviously, she's loyal to Maurice. I know you have mixed opinions on Mm -hmm. what that means, but her ties to her dad are super strong. Her loyalty then to the beast, once she builds a relationship with him, also huge. Like, she's defending him in front of these people who literally want to crucify her. Yeah, I I see what you're saying. I cannot argue with that. Yeah. No. So, and and that loyalty also just extends further into um, a sense of boldness, too. Because, again, if we're using the example of her loyalty and her relationship with the beast. Like she's standing up in front of an entire village who thinks she's insane, wants to put her dad in the loony bin and who mm-hmm. has sided with someone who is clearly like a masochistic sadist. Like on- honestly, yeah. I-, I love him. <laughs> Gaston, babe, I love you, but we've got to talk. We got to talk about some yeah. of your behavior because it's not working for me, but there's a boldness there. And then we see that boldness even in some of the decisions she makes once she's in the castle, right? Like, okay, going to the West Wing without permission. Definitely bold. bold. Maybe not the smartest decision she's ever yeah. made, but that demonstrates this sense of, you know, Nancy Drew wanting to get to the bottom of things, mm-hmm. you know, and again, a curiosity that fuels action. And I think yeah. that that's huge. And then, I mean, she's super idealistic too, right? Like she mm-hmm. knows what she stands for. She knows what she's passionate about and she is not afraid to express that to other people and she does not back down. She is unwavering and I love mm-hmm. that about her. I Never once does she flinch in the face of someone literally yelling at her that it's like your dad's going to crazy jail and she's like, yeah. no, like I don't like, no, you can't threaten me. Like you can't threaten yeah. her with things because she knows what she stands for, who she is and what she's all about. And that is just, I mean, mama. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That's, that's true. I respect that about her. Absolutely. Do you know who else is like very, very much like that as well, except Mm. I would use not that word. I would use the word sassy. Oh yeah. And you know, you know who I'm talking about when I (laughs) I say sassy, like it's Jasmine. Like if I had to pick one word for her, that's it. Like it just totally doesn't matter what you say. She's got something. She's got a snark comment to come back she's with. Come back. Like she yeah. does not care who no. is saying it to her. And she no. just she's interesting in the beginning because you kind of meet her at a time where she's just like 
over everything. Yes. And it's just like has no craps to give whatsoever. And I just mm-hmm. like I have always really liked that just kind of like lying around with her tiger and just like, <laughs> no, no. No cares to get. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the fact that she's lying around and all these people are coming to talk to her speaks to how captivating she is, too. I mean, I don't. Oh, for sure. I don't want to sexualize an animated character, but we get a lot of that with Jasmine. She uses Mm -hmm. her, you know, let's say feminine wiles to trick Jafar. So, like, obviously, there's something about her that's very appealing um, and that extends, though, beyond just her physical right well they're coming from like far and wide like not just because she's a princess but because of you know her beauty what they've heard about her and like Aladdin falls in love immediately like and based based on some of the things you were talking about and like who she is who we get to know at the beginning of the film clearly it's not just that she's beautiful there's something else Mm -hmm. that people would be talking about whether that she's outspoken or that she's Mm -hmm. you know that she's, I don't know, opinionated, that she speaks her mind, that she insists on having a seat at the table. Like these are all things that would make her, as we already said, very captivating. And on top of all that, she's super clever, right? She picks up on things quickly. She, okay, her disguise in the marketplace, not so good. It's literally just a hood. (laughs) But the fact fact that she was able to escape from the palace without Mm -hmm. being detected, that she was able to keep up with someone whose whole life was lived in this marketplace, right? Like Mm -hmm. she was, Aladdin's like, oh, I'm going to have to teach her how to like, you know, whatever, pole vault across this building. And she's like, nah, I'm a fast learner. Like her, that comes with being sassy. You can't be that sassy without being clever because it all comes back to, again, the way she communicates and how articulate she is and just intelligent that wit is. Like she's just so witty. It's so good. She's got the goods to back it up. Like she's not just like saying the words, but like, no, Mm -hmm. she, she's got it. She for sure would be in Ravenclaw because there's no way Mm -hmm. a Hufflepuff would have come up with this plan to fool Jafar, like to trick him into thinking that she's interested in him. I'm I'm telling you, clever gal, clever gal. She might be in Slytherin, actually, if, you know, we're going to. That's true. That's true. Because she's cunning. Like, you could could argue that clever and cunning are very similar. I think clever Mm -hmm. has a nicer spin to it. I don't think people (laughs) condemn people who are clever as much as they condemn those who are cunning. But if you would like to use the word cunning instead of clever, we are all for it here because Lish is a Slytherin. So, Oh, yeah. Full support of all my Slytherin friends. And I'm a Ravenclaw. So anyone who at all is intelligent, you belong with us. So welcome here. Happy to have you. Yeah. I just pointed my fingers a lot. You couldn't (laughs) see it because this is a podcast, but I was pointing at Lish a lot. (laughs) Lots of finger gun action going on here. Yeah. Yeah. It's because I'm gearing myself up for the next gal, you know? Cause she's a tough one. She she's is a tough one. Oh, we've mm. we've had some real ups and downs. Yeah, we've really we've gone through it with her. Yeah. But Pocahontas is next, folks. Pocahontas. And again, I we've reiterated this before on the podcast. We are speaking about the Disney representation mm-hmm. of this character. Yeah. We are not considering how inappropriately represented she was as the historical figure. This is purely how she appears in, in the, the Disney, Disney film. Version. Yeah. Just wanted to say that one more time. Just yeah. everybody in the back. Now everyone knows we can continue. When we've been talking about Pocahontas, I think over the past few years, because Curbs originally, when we started doing this, was like, mm-hmm. no one can be a Pocahontas. Like, she's too perfect. She's just she's too pure. unrealistic, too pure. 
but in the best unattainable. way. <laughs> Nobody can be her. And that was her stance. And over the yep. years, I've had to kind of like chip away at that, like little by little, because I don't mm. think it's quite true. Listen, you agreed with me at the beginning. We were both like, oh, Pocahontas off limits. No one's a Pocahontas. Then so I thought I- about it and I was like, that's Lish's way of saying, then I got smarter than you and actually took the time to think about it, which is accurate. I, I will, I'm not saying that that's inaccurate, but that is what she's saying, just so I everyone just, understands. Thinking about it, like you, if you narrow down some of her traits, like, okay, mm-hmm. one thing I'll say, she's super nurturing. She is like a she very is. mother figure to her tribe, to her community, to her friends, to Mm -hmm. like nature. There's just something about her that's very much like taking care of people. And, Mm -hmm. and it's, it comes with her, her selflessness essentially. Yes. And that's what you kind of, I think, read from her that you're like, nobody is like this. But one thing that I go to is that, you know, who's like that is mothers. Like that is a very like motherly trait that I could see Mm -hmm. you know because you're not like we said you're not one princess forever you might have different life phases where you know you fall in and out of different yeah different seasons Mm -hmm. and I could easily see one of us moving into our Pocahontas phase if we were to ever have kids you know well and I think it comes like that nurturing side I feel comes out with her in particular because she feels a big sense like of responsibility for her tribe Mm -hmm. because you said that's partly where we see it or even how well like her relationship with Nakoma is another one where like she takes the brunt of the blame for things like mm-hmm. Nakoma yeah. Nakoma more or less gets Kokoam killed and Pocahontas yeah. is like put the blame on me girl like yeah I shouldn't have I shouldn't have run away I was just mm-hmm. trying to talk to him like this is on me so there's a real sense of responsibility with her and I think that kind of filters through everything and Mm -hmm. I mean we see that at the end of the film too we could get into a whole long discussion of why (laughs) she chooses to stay yeah but there clearly is like she says point blank I'm needed here so clearly she feels a loyalty to the role that she has in her Mm -hmm. own life and she wants to honor that so I mean we love that I do I'm I'm someone who like when you make a commitment you follow through on it so Huge part of who she is. Absolutely. That's a great yes. point. And yet at the same time, she's this beautiful study in contradictions because she's also super spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Like her running. She, I love I love the opening scene. Oh, my goodness. Where she's standing. Like, <laughs> and like the leaves are flying around and she's like, oh, my goodness, yeah. the wind. And then Nakoma's like, your father's back. Come down here. And she she considers running down the mountainside and she's like nah man I'm turning around and I'm leaping and I who has not tried to do that type of dive and then ended in a belly flop because you don't have enough time to get your arms (laughs) around you're not 200 feet in the air like Pocahontas is yeah but she she even though she's so responsible she's also willing to act on some of those playful and like impulsive urges that she experiences just like going through her life and I love that it means wherever the wind takes her it does. And I yeah. think that's what makes her like now that we've spent more time talking about it and I've decided, OK, maybe she's not untouchable and she's not perfect. I think that just makes her more well-rounded. It makes her feel like more yeah. of a person that you could actually meet because yeah. not not everyone who's responsible is uptight. And I think I was right. kind of equating her responsibility and her like sense of you know leadership and as being unchangeable and mm-hmm. immovable. But it's like, nah. Like she no. is still someone who has a lot of fun too within that yeah. role. 
So I love that. I'm obsessed yeah. with that, actually. That really changed the game for me on I'm how glad. I view that character. Yeah, absolutely. We, we got there. We got there. Eventually. You did that, Lish. Yeah. You did that for me. <laughs> yes. Wow. Life's changing on the podcast here today, let me tell you. Do you know who I've had a a kind of change in words that I would use to describe Mm, them? And I think I know point on this doing this season. So I had like a a bit of a Mulan breakthrough when we did that movie. Oh yeah. I remember. You know, just remembering that I actually liked that movie a lot (laughs) and the character but also Mm -hmm. just like actually paying attention to her and how she acts and how creative she is like she is coming up with stuff on the fly she's thinking (laughs) so fast she's like putting things together like let's like paint all your faces and make you concubines real quick like I'm just gonna like jump off this tower and land like this and he'll go up in fireworks and like we got this like she is a gal with a plan and I love it the number of times I've had to listen to Lish talk about how Mulan is the actual creative princess and princesses like Rapunzel are not creative they're another word which we'll get to but like (laughs) man it's been so many conversations like this and I'm all for it I just want to be clear I am all for it it's just like Lish is out here changing her own life with these breakthroughs she's having with some of these characters like it's just man bless I love how excited you are about it Lish is right like Mulan's creativity comes through in very subtle ways. I think we're used to thinking of creativity as being like finger paints and clay, which Mm -hmm. is why people automatically assume that Rapunzel best encompasses that word. But creativity can be shown in problem solving skills. It can be shown in ways of communicating. It can be shown in ways that you view problems, like even her you know, being on the mountain and it's like, shoot the cannon at Sean Yu. And she's like, nah, man, like I, like if I look at this from a different angle, yeah, a a whole new solution is presented to me. And I think that speaks to her intelligence as well. And I think that is such an incredible trait in a character who grew up and lived in a time and a culture where women were not necessarily viewed as having intelligence Mm -hmm. or they weren't recognized for it as publicly. And she put it on bold display. Like it was like every decision she made was rooted in some sort of problem solving or just like intelligent line of thinking, which is incredible. And just removing that from your typical like book smarts. Like she had Mm -hmm. issues with like memorizing the thing in the, in the beginning when she's meeting the matchmaker. And it's just like, that is not, what intelligence necessarily is it's Mm -hmm. how you think about things and your willingness to adapt no it's true because i mean you made the point in our unpopular opinions episode that bell was probably reading twilight like just because you read books Mm -hmm. or just because you love school it doesn't mean that you're necessarily pouring that interest into things that will make you a more intelligent person they might make you smarter with information but it's how you apply that information that makes you truly intelligent Right. And that application also shows itself in how ambitious Mulan is like, okay, let's let's try to think of a scenario in our lives right now that would be reminiscent of Mulan deciding to pretend to be a man to go into the army (laughs) to to save save her father, save China in the process, just casual. And then also to like prove to other people that she's capable of doing something like I can't think of off the top of my head. I can't think of an equivalent. I don't know if there is one. 
all in and and Geshank. Now, let's yeah. be clear, that wasn't her goal. I I feel like no. we owe it to everybody to remember that you as a child did not like the love story. You didn't think no. it was necessary, no, no. and we also don't think it's necessary now as adults. It's uh, it almost cheapens it to be honest. However, you're right. She does get him, and he's hot. So. There's that too. What a bonus. <laughs> like a bonus prize is Shang. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. no, she's she's extremely ambitious. Like the fact that I can't yeah. even think of an equivalent goal to have. I can't mm-hmm. I cannot even in my own life imagine something that's similar. And yet we all have those types of dreams and goals mm-hmm. that some of us are brave enough to chase. Some of us are um maybe prepared enough to pursue mm-hmm. like it's there's a, a real sense of action with her in everything that oh, she does yeah. and yeah. intention and I, I I think that's so admirable because it's so easy to choose not to take action it's so easy to yeah. choose the easier path because that's the one that's you know laid out for you or that's the one that's been worn down that's the one you understand that's the one you've walked every day and she said Nabi yeah. I'm I'm going the other way because there's no other option for me yeah, she she saw an opportunity and she just, you know, she sat there in the rain for a minute and was like, am I going to do this? Yeah, I'm going to do this. And then just like went after it. Okay, let's talk about Tiana. Oh, I love Tiana. You love you Tiana. We both yeah, do. She's, we do. she's amazing. One of mm-hmm. my favorite things about her and it's, you know, something that I've related to is just like how determined she is. She mm-hmm. is the... I think she's the first princess, if I'm thinking correctly, that like starts with a very clear goal that's like, I want to like buy this restaurant and I am practically and actively working towards this goal. Like she just like, here's my, here's my goal and my 10 step plan. And like, here's what we're doing. I was going to say, it's a goal that's tangible and feasible. Now, arguably, Mm -hmm. the feasibility, that's, I say feasible loosely Mm -hmm. because the time period she grew up in, the fact that she's a woman of color, like that would have made everything so much harder than the movie depicts it to be. However, there is, like you said, a 10-step plan. It's not kind of an up here, hand waving in the air dream type of goal. It's like, no, this is a firm goal. Mm -hmm. Like I want that building. It costs this much money. I need to work this many hours to make that much money and I'm going to make it happen. Yes, absolutely. Love mm-hmm. that about her. And it just was like very cool to see that in a Disney princess because that's not typical. Yes. Typically, it's like, I want this big, like lofty, like unfathomable magical thing. And then the magical thing happens to them. But like for T, it was just like, no, I want this practical thing. And then this like really annoying magical thing happened to her yeah. that like, you know. <laughs> Better off course yeah. is like the opposite. Yeah. And I mean, a sister word to determined is dedicated, but you and I mm-hmm. decided to give her both because they do mean different things. I think dedicated yeah. can apply not only to goals, but also to people, to relationships, to traditions, to, mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of things that Tiana obviously holds a lot of respect for because mm-hmm. like you know, she's dedicated to the memory of her father. She's dedicated mm-hmm. to the dream they had together. She's dedicated to this shared goal with Naveen of, you know, discovering how they can become humans again. She's dedicated to her friendship with Lottie. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that she pours herself into that are outside of her goal that mean dedicated is more than just, you know. I think the important thing to note about people that are dedicated is these are people that know how to prioritize based on their Mm. current 
wants and needs. Like that dedication, like you said, it shifts, it looks differently. And, you know, it's just sometimes you're like prioritizing friendships. Sometimes you're working really hard and that's your Mm -hmm. focus. And sometimes you're like, I need a minute for my mental health, but dedicated people Mm -hmm. are the ones that can just like shift that. And that was the journey we went on with Tiana in this movie is shifting her dedication to more of a balanced lifestyle. 100%. And all I can think of right now, I'm going to be honest, is dedicated. You took the time. That's that's all I'm thinking of. And then the pitch perfect version where everyone is poorly singing that song Uh in their auditions. And then Ben Platt comes in and everyone's like, who is this person? Why is he singing so well? Do I like him? I don't think I do. And then we move on. But like, that's all that's all I've been thinking about. The Since whole time I was talking, dedicated. that's all you heard. Okay. Yeah, like I, I registered in one ear what you were saying, and I was like, oh, that's good. But then I also have, Santa Vega! I just like <laughs> literally just scream singing in I'm my head. I'm sorry. So. That's not Apologies. fun for you. Yeah. No, it's not. But anyway, back to our girl, Tiana. Yeah. <laughs> one second. She so So she's determined. She's dedicated. And I think those things can also be wrapped up into one beautiful word of being passionate. She's passionate about multiple things and it expresses itself differently, but it's another one of those words that evolves with where people are in their Mm -hmm, life. It evolves with where they are on their own arc or journey, whether it's in a relationship with another person, whether it's with a goal that they have that they're working towards. Passion is what kind of fuels their fire. Mm -hmm. And Tiana's passion for good food, hospitality, her family, eventually like Naveen, you know, all Mm -hmm. those types of things for saving New Orleans. Like, you know, honestly, like casually, like, you know, it's, it's a beautiful part of her that I think, again, when you use words like determined and dedicated, they can sound really structured and hard with -hmm. a lot of like, you know, corners and edges, but adding the passion in there gives her a heart. It gives her a little bit of softness that shows that she's still vulnerable and that things still impact her in ways that could change the course of what she's doing. And that's what we see when she goes and meets Mama Odie and Mama Odie's like, you're not there yet. Like these two Mm -hmm. things alone are not enough to get you where you need to go. You have to find that balance. And I think her passion is what allows her to achieve the balance you were talking about so beautifully. So beautiful. Love her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I meant. I mean, I meant your words were beautiful, but you're right. Tiana's journey is beautiful as well. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, your eloquence in particular is what I was talking about. But yeah, this that's fine. You want to give that to Tiana? You go. You go for it. it. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about one of your faves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's. My why girl. don't you tell me about Rapunzel oh. and like some of the words we picked for her because they're actually really adorable words so they are really yeah. adorable words because she's mm-hmm. really adorable i i mean yes. and i'm like smiling like a goon <laughs> just, she makes me so happy because i just feel such a strong like connection with this character because of you know how big she sees her life being like and how big she wants it to be I, I and we we alluded to this before when we were talking about Ulam with the word creative. So like Rapunzel obviously is a creative person, but one of the words mm-hmm. that we chose for her after talking about it and thinking about it was artistic as opposed to creative yeah. because mm-hmm. creativity looks different ways for different people. For Rapunzel, it is through artistic expression. So whether she's mm-hmm. painting in her tower or she's drawing with chalk a beautiful mural, like you know, the, even the fact actually now just thinking about it, even the fact that what she connects with in the kingdom is like a mosaic of the royal Mm -hmm. family. I think it's interesting that the way she 
kind of alluded to this memory that's niggling in the back of her brain of like, maybe I'm the lost princess. Like, I don't know. I think it's interesting that they chose a piece of art as the way that Mm -hmm. she connected with who she is and this lost part of herself. Yes. Yes. And yeah, like the, the way that she uses art to escape, but also to explore the world that she's in and what she's experiencing. I, I think it's gorgeous. And it me, I mean, it makes the film that much more beautiful Mm -hmm. because it emphasizes the art direction, but that part of her is something you can't remove. It's who she is. No. It's in it's in her soul. If you tried to make Rapunzel a reader, like there's a reason that when she's like, I'll read the books again, you know, five time to spare, and she looks bored, it's because she needs to be expressing herself. And that relates to how imaginative she is too. Like artisticness, is that a word? Artistic? Sure, let's make it one. Being artistic and being imaginative. Sure, let's make it one. Those two <laughs> traits go hand in hand as well because imaginative people need ways to get that imagination out. And yeah. for some people, it's performing arts. For some people, it's writing. For some people, it's a podcast. Like, you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. like just referring to, I don't know, someone <laughs> someone here with a microphone who yeah, identifies maybe. with Rapunzel. I don't know. But yeah. that imagination also allows her to like be her own best friend and to keep herself entertained. And I honestly, it's the way she probably stays sane in that tower. Because- I was just going to say, like, I feel like that was a huge coping me- mechanism for her mm-hmm. and how she actually made it through that whole, mm-hmm. you know, first, what was it, like yes. 14 years of her life or yes. however old she is. But yeah, but she yeah, was 18. Eight, 18. Oh, 18. Okay. <laughs> 14. I don't know. Her and this like 21 year old man just wow, that's real racy for a disability. True, true. Sorry, I wasn't thinking yeah. about that. No, but, it's fine. But yeah, like that's that's definitely a huge coping mechanism. And I was just gonna say, like, for her, it comes out in, in many ways. Like when you see her in like, you know, my favorite scene is like the kingdom dance scene. Of course. Where she like gets everybody up singing and dancing and they're like doing her hair, and it's just like it's just like oozing out of her yes like the like imagination and the like creativity Mm -hmm. and just like it's just so like beautiful it's just like yes pouring out of her there's a reason that she is associated with like a sun you know what i mean when you describe Mm -hmm. people as being like a ball of sunshine like one of one of my other best friends amy shout out to amy here on the pod today (laughs) but like she's many people would describe her as like you know, a sun person because she's yeah. just so great to be around. She's warm and she's inviting and she's fun and she's playful and she's, you know, all these things that you'd like to be. And I think that can be summarized in the word charming, right? Yes. Like people, people who exude those qualities are just, you're easily charmed by them. And it's similar yeah. to Aurora being charismatic, right? Like people mm-hmm. want to be around her. And I mean, she was like the sun, right? Yeah. Hey, making these connections today. <laughs> <laughs> Aurora yeah. was like the sun, Rapunzel literally is from the kingdom of the sun. Um, but when people are creative and imaginative and expressive and energetic and all these types of things, it's it's appealing to be around them because Absolutely. there's a sense of life and vibrancy yeah. that you just don't get other places. And that is what makes Rapunzel such such like she's just a warm character to be with. Mm-hmm. Like every time I watch Tangled, I'm just it makes me think of those parts of myself that like I love the most because mm-hmm. I, again, I identify with her so strongly and it just, it's all those things are being celebrated and that's really exciting to see. Yeah. In for a character. Sure. Yeah. For sure. There's something so like everybody is drawn to her and watching mm-hmm. the film, like you even feel it and you're just like, of course Flynn is going to fall in love with of her. Course. Like he's better. Like it's just, 
Yeah. I know. Can you imagine if he didn't? What a bummer that movie would be. It'd be such a letdown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Blondes aren't my really, thing. Really, really disappointing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it would be very disappointing. Yeah. You know who's mm-hmm. like the opposite of all these things? My <laughs> <laughs> girl, Merida. Yeah, your girl, Merida. I was Merida. I was trying to think of something clever because I knew where you were going, but I was like, oh, yeah. for the people at home, but I don't yeah. have anything. So Yeah. <laughs> she's Merida. just – she's not a ball of sunshine. She's – Mm-mm, not at all, but no. still love her. I feel like Merida, for me, was also a phase that I went through, you know, many moons ago. But she's mm-hmm. just, like, got this fearless quality of her. And I know her movie's called Brave, so, like, I guess we're <laughs> leading into that a little bit. But there's just, like, something about her that's just, like, you know, almost like a similar to an aerial character where it's just like, I am going after this. Like, I don't care what the consequences are, you know, doing things that might scare other people. But that's mm-hmm. just her happy place and where she prefers yes. to live her life. And she's fiercely independent. Like all those, mm-hmm. when we see her at her happiest, she's on her own. And I don't yes. think that necessarily means that like she's an introvert or anything like that, but mm-hmm. she gets joy from doing things on her own, like proving mm-hmm. that she can do it on her own. So like whether it's climbing the firefalls, whether it's being the person who gets a bullseye every time, whether it's just her and her horse out riding, even like going after the wisps. Like I'm sure mm-hmm. that there are a lot of other princesses who if they encountered a magical thing like the wisps they wouldn't have immediately followed them they would have like gone home and been like listen this wild thing happened to me today why don't we (laughs) go back together strength in numbers and i think that speaks too to how impulsive merida is and this is where you and i have often kind of defined the difference between someone who's more like an ariel and someone who's a merida there's a lack of maturity and awareness in merida that you don't have in ariel And that's where she becomes impulsive as opposed to adventurous or daring. Because Mm -hmm. when you're adventurous, we seem to imply when we're just using that term, there's a certain level of like, I understand the risks and some of the consequences, and I'm going to choose to either accept or deny those before I go and do this. Whereas Merit is just like, I'm feeling things right now, man, and I'm going (laughs) to... Yeah, I mean, like Ariel, she definitely saw the red flags. Like she's with Ursula and she's like... "Mm." this is probably sketchy, but I'm going to do it anyway. Whereas like Merida is just like, oh, you're a witch. Cool. Give me something that's going to fix my mom, you know, and doesn't even think that this might be harmful to her. Like doesn't even cross her mind. She doesn't need to be convinced. She like goes looking for an excuse for things to go her way. Whereas Ariel was like at the end of her rope, she felt she had tried within a certain frame of reference to achieve what she wanted without hurting anyone. And then it's like, well, you hurt me. So like now I'm going to take action. And yeah, you're right. Merida's just kind of like, where's the magic at? Gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah. Let, I will say go. though, like in Merida's defense, because I have to, she does have her moment at the end where she takes responsibility for everything mm-hmm. and she apologizes and she owns up to it. And it's just like a huge, huge learning moment in her life yep. where she just like realizes like oh crap like I did this this is all my fault and we don't really get that moment with Ariel so much she kind of just like shirks it off but like yeah Merida really owns it and there's a huge amount of growth there so I think that's really important you can circle that back to her being fearless right Mm -hmm. fearless people are willing to accept responsibility for their actions and to like look those consequences in the face and be like yeah I caused that and she definitely does that so whether Mm -hmm. she is aware of it or not 
that fearlessness is both what caused and healed like a yes. lot of the problems, right? That she That's experienced in the film. Right. Thank you so much. I feel like you've yeah. been making really good points so far tonight. So it's nice that I had one. That I'm, I'm glad I slid yeah. one in there. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. I'm going to take that one to the bank because <laughs> I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. So up next, we've got our two favorite princess sisters and they're the only princess mm -hmm. sisters yeah. so i mean they have to be our favorite but also yeah. these ones have been interesting for us over the past mm -hmm. few years because neither of us were obsessed with them until we were so here yeah. we are now um let's start with anna simply because her name begins with a and that comes before e in the yeah. alphabet so let, let's start with anna why don't you talk about anna because you've really come full circle with her you've really Kinda I, I come have around. and oh this is a tough one because mm -hmm. like if we had done this honestly like even a year ago I probably would Okay wait, like, wait 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 you said honestly which is like Anna sleep honestly honestly oh. i feel like if i did not say that your dad would have been like there was a oh, pun yeah, and he didn't be so, mad. It. so yeah, okay. i'm sorry i'm trying to just trying to get those puns in i'm sorry please continue <laughs> I I feel like the words would have been seriously different, but I've had mm -hmm. a bit of like a come to Jesus moment with Anna. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Dramatic. Like like honestly in the past month, I like I think even a year is true. too far. Like she yeah. when we actually took a look at her and her character development, particularly in Frozen 2, even starting at the end of Frozen 1, we actually find that what started out as a very like naive and just you know sad character turned into someone that was extremely brave we see this at multiple points mm -hmm. in frozen 2 well even frozen 1 where she literally jumps in front of the sword to like save her sister like you know it's it starts there even just setting out to go after Elsa in the first place True. is super brave True. because she doesn't yeah. she doesn't understand the extent of Elsa's powers and she also has no idea what she's doing. You know what I mean? Like she just Absolutely. spent how many years of her life locked up in the castle and now she's like get me out there. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's it's so true. Ballsy. It's something that I definitely overlooked in the first one, but that continues on in the second one when she's just like, you know, not letting Elsa like go out alone. She's like, "No, like I'm here with you. Like I will walk through fire even though I don't have this power that you have." And like mm -hmm. even after like Olaf and Elsa like die, she's like, "Okay, I got to do the next thing." She picks herself up. She just keeps going. Like it's just mm -hmm. incredible how much I did not see that. And it's it's really just it's her stepping into that more like leadership role of being a queen that Elsa mm -hmm. sees in her. I think that's yeah. I think that's one of the things I love most about the word brave for Anna is that other people I think saw that and recognized that in her before she saw it in herself. It was always there, mm -hmm. but she would not necessarily have looked at her life and been like, wow, I've been so brave. Whereas everyone else is like, yeah. no, you have. And that's what makes you such a like fantastic leader is because you are willing to walk, like you said, literally into fire because it's the thing that you know you have to do. So, I mean, mad snaps. This is me yeah. snapping. Mad snaps <laughs> for Anna. And what I love too, though, similar to like how Pocahontas is like, you know, this more responsible but also spontaneous character, Anna's super brave but also real excitable. Like yeah, it does not take fun. much for her to get worked up like a zero to mm -hmm. 60 type of gal in either direction. And yeah. I kind of love that because it keeps you on your toes with her. Like it makes mm -hmm. every time 
you're with her as if I've spent time with her. Listen to me talk about her as if we're like best friends <laughs> and we hang out every week. But yeah. it, it it must make every time you're with her kind of an adventure for you as her mm-hmm. friend or whatever, because it's kind of like, oh, we don't know what mood she's going to be in. We don't know what will set her off. And we see that a lot in the second one when Kristoff is trying to propose and she's oh, yes. kind of you know, she's her mind immediately goes so many other places than where he's trying to go. And I mean, he's not good at it. So we'll give her no. that. But, it, it, you know, it's you see you think I'm crazy like those types yeah. of things. Clearly, her brain is one that's kind of a bag of cats. It's all over the it's place. But that makes her everywhere. playful and fun, yeah. too. Like it just it means that she's down for a good time all yeah, the time. She is. Family charades night. She's making it happen. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Just just do it with your body. Yeah. Just – yeah. Like, what – man. And I think you said this the other night. Like, her best friend is the snowman. Like, you know, we're (laughs) – this is obviously someone who's, like, still got that, like, kid at heart, you know, playful energy about her. Like – Literally confessing her, like, undying love, like, friendship love for a snowman. Yeah. And the most annoying snowman to boot. So, like, is she a saint? (laughs) Honestly, she might be. Might be. Yeah. And then on the other side of this sister coin, we have Elsa herself. Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. Let's all take a moment to just think (laughs) about how perfect she is. Oh, my goodness. I, man. (sighs) What do you say? It's funny because she's such a flawed character. Oh, my goodness. I know. But that's, that's, I think, why everyone loves her so much. I think that's why you can't help but be drawn to her because you can't like everyone can see something of their own life experience and what she Mm -hmm. went through. Right. That's why so many people identify with her um, at all points throughout frozen one and frozen two. There's always something that you can kind of latch onto and through it all, through it all, she remains a very strong character. Mm -hmm. Like she just, she kind of faces the adversity and takes it on the chin in the first one. Not so much. Her reaction was to run away. However, you could argue that, it would take someone with a strong sense of self to literally embark on your own and then immediately be- realize, like, this is going to be fine. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Like, me yeah. out here on my own, this is actually not the worst thing that could happen to me. I'm going to make it work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make it work, people, as that Tim Gunn would say. Yeah. It does. It does. It takes strength to recognize, too, when you might be a hurt to somebody else, right? Yeah. And that's ultimately why she removed herself from the situation. It would have been easier for her to stay with Anna because she loved Anna and she cared about mm-hmm. her and she knew that Anna loved her. But she's like, I I fear that I am going to cause more harm here than good. So mm-hmm. I'm going to leave. It was ultimately how the second movie ended, too, was like with mm-hmm. her permanently leaving. Oh. And it's like, this oh. is the best thing for everybody everybody it's just it's the right thing and that you're right takes an incredible amount of strength the other thing that it takes is persistence and that's something that we see in Elsa throughout both movies it's just this like you know to be her and in her situation and not give up entirely like how Mm -hmm. horrible she must have felt when like her dad her only real like person she could talk to about this and connect about this is now gone and she's fully Mm -hmm. alone and she just like keeps going and then we see that in the second one when she's like gotta get to to holland and there's like the knock and there's like all all this crap going on and and elsa just like keeps it going and she gets through everything she stays the course and like you said i mean even just her persistence in terms of seeking that peace and union between the spirits and people Mm -hmm. and everything like her decision to stay 
closer to Atahal and like out in the like the was it Forbidden Woods? I can't believe I don't remember the name. Forbidden Forest? Forbidden Forest. Right? That Forbidden sounds Forest? like too like on the nose. Beating the beast. Right. <laughs> but... Enchanted? Enchanted Forest. It's yeah. the Enchanted Forest. Why okay. am I wow. Wow, we're really struggling over here. Um, but yeah, her decision to stay the course and stay in the Enchanted Forest as opposed to coming back to um, Arendelle. And then, I mean, along with this, along with all of these kind of like emotionally intelligent decisions that she's making and this growth that she has, there's a real sense of nobility with her. You know, she mm-hmm. is a queen. When she even is. when yeah. Even when she gets coronated in the first one, and she's afraid and she feels alone and she's like, you know, freaking out. The ice's powers are coming out. She doesn't know what to do. She still carries herself with this sense of poise and dignity mm-hmm. and royalty that you just don't see in most no. of the other princesses. And I mean, you could argue there are going to be people out there who are like, she's not a princess. She's a queen. And I'm like, we all know that. Sit down, Henry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just like, we get it. We get it. There she's really is maturity there that Mm -hmm. i don't think anybody else really has yes and the nobility goes beyond the maturity and the like sense of being regal to also just being like again this self-sacrificing idea the fact that she chooses to send olaf and anna away because it's better for them even though it's worse for Mm -hmm. her the fact that she chooses to leave because it's better for them worse for her like there's there's a lot of instances we see or even when Anna comes to her in the first one the second time and Elsa's like no you have to leave like it's not safe for you here because I don't understand myself or what this means you know what I mean like there's there's so many instances where she's choosing what's better for other people as opposed to what she wants that you can't deny that's that's Mm -hmm. a queenly bearing right there that is. is just oh my goodness the best and we got to wrap it up now with the final, but definitely last, but definitely not least. Oh, princess, definitely not. Yeah. Moana. We both love Moana. She's man. The revival has had some incredible female characters in it. Moana is no exception. She is mm-hmm. just a dynamite gal. If I can steal that phrase from Wreck-It Ralph, she's a dynamite <laughs> gal, a dynamite gal. And man, it's one of those phrases. I just have to keep saying multiple times after I've said it once, but I think One of the things I love most about Moana, and I think you would agree, is that she's super resourceful. We see this Mm -hmm. from literally day one when she's, you know, just assumed her role as chief's daughter and she's kind of stepping into that leadership role. The way that she's solving problems for people, Mm -hmm. the way that she's providing solutions, she is um, trying to think outside the box. She's trying to make it so that no one has to wonder, what do we do next? She's taking that upon herself and she's coming up with solutions that are real Mm -hmm. ones. I mean, her suggestion to go beyond the reef is the obvious suggestion and her dad's shutting her (laughs) down, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that she didn't think of it. And then even when we see her out on the ocean, you know, she's figuring out how to be a wayfinder first on her own. And then with Maui kind of giving her some guidance, but she, part of being resourceful is thinking outside of like everyone else's limitations right so yes. when they're all just like no it's not done we can't go beyond the reef but that's still something that is constantly occurring to her it's like mm-hmm. we need to do this and that's just like huge because it's just the limitations that she was brought up with she's just willing yep. to really think above them yes and this makes her really courageous obviously oh, yeah. i mean People might have figured out by now that we used a lot of synonyms for the word brave because there are a lot of characters. (laughs) But the reason we chose the word courageous for Moana, 
in particular, yeah, we're, we're strategic with these um, synonyms yeah. because courageous to us has more heart in it. There's more, there's more of a sense of calling or purpose mm -hmm. and it expands beyond the individual act of like being brave. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's going to make sense to people, but I know that you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, she just – she has a way – she's thinking about a bigger picture in what she's yes. doing. This, it's not simply like, okay, my, this is scary, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's just like there's there's a lot of levels to why Moana's acting in the way that she is. And she mm -hmm. has to – like, yes, going out into the sea in itself is scary, but she's also kind of going against what – her like, you know, her parents kind of give her the blessing in the end, but she's really going against everything that she's been brought up to, you know, being told that she has to do and how she has to live her life. And that takes yeah. a tremendous amount of courage as well. Yes. There's she's a breaking lot tradition. of things at play there for her, which is why Absolutely. that is the perfect word. Mm -hmm. And yet through all of this, she is not removing herself from some of those traditions or ways of life that have mm -hmm. shaped her into who she is, which makes her an approachable leader as well. Yes. There's a reason people think she's doing a great job as a leader. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that people trust her. Like she cultivates a lot of trust mm -hmm. in her tribe, right? Like in her village. People, people see her as someone who can get things done and who they can you know, again, the word trust, the big T, they can trust yeah. to solve those problems for them and also to be a friend, a listening ear, someone that they can relate to. Like, she's just very down to earth. And that's why, like, she is literally able to change the culture and that they weren't a wave-finding community. And by the end of it, mm -hmm. they are. is because of the journey that she goes on and the changes she makes and establishes that trust with people. And it's like, and they're all like, oh, yeah, all right. Moana said, let's get the boats out. It's safe. Let's get the boats out. Mm -hmm. And just like it takes a lot to command that kind of leadership and affect that much change in a community so ingrained in their ways. Yes, I agree. Well, we have just gone through all 14 princesses. Hopefully yes. you all now feel like you know them a bit better mm -hmm. than you did before. We know them clearly very intimately. So <laughs> this was not, not at all. A, this is not our first rodeo. This was not a struggle for us to put this together, but we are not finished yet. See, now that we understand who these princesses are, we need to understand each other. And since Lish and I are doing this psychoanalysis exercise on each other, there are three questions we must ask ourselves. The first one is, to describe ourselves in three words. How would we describe ourselves in three words? The second question is, how would others describe us in three words? And then finally, what we love best about ourselves. And these three answers will help shape who we think the other person is most like. So Lish, could you please describe yourself to me in three words? Three words. I mean, this is not easy. Mm -hmm never no. is it's a lot easier to describe you than it is to describe myself but oh my gosh bless you stop that right now <laughs> the words I'm going to choose so I'm going to start with the word driven because mm -hmm. I feel like that uh is a word that could always describe me like it's always been such a firm part of mm -hmm. who I am I'm driven for different things at different times in my life but I am a super goal-oriented person very mm -hmm. task focused and yeah that's just that's the that's the word for me 
And then along with that, I'm also extremely extroverted. And this is not something that I actually realized about myself until there was a pandemic and (laughs) I had to sit in a room by myself all day. And yes. It became my job. And I was Lock the like, doors, hide the children. Yeah. Whoa, I need people. <laughs> it was just <laughs> like a and then yeah, everyone that knows me, they're like, Yeah, we knew that. And I was like, Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I could have told you that. Yeah. Yes. But, but I mean uh, but yeah, extroverted, my second word. And then third word, I've gone like back and forth on this one. Curbs. I don't know if this is the right word to say. <laughs> Can't wait. Like, I don't think it's quite right, but it's in the ballpark. The third word I'm going to say is trendy. Oh, because I know. Trendy. Okay. I know. And it's Tell just me. like, I am, I'm kind of like a phasey person. Like, I definitely go like really, like, that's why this might not be the right word, but I go like really hot into things. You do. Like, all you know, like I'm kind of like, what am I obsessed with this week? And it's kind uh-huh. of something different. And yeah. I also feel like another thing I've really missed over the past like year and a half is like, you know, having like my sense of style and like th- like getting dressed up and going to work. And it's mm-hmm. just like that also feels like a part of my identity that I'm definitely missing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just important to me. So that's yeah. why I have added it. As my as my word. Yes. Uh, what are what trends are you into right now, Lish? You want to share with the listeners at home? I don't want to really talk into? about it. We're not. <laughs> we don't need to get into that. That'll be a separate podcast. It's like Lish's yeah. uh, hot picks of the week. But yeah, if you guys want to hear that, you let us know in the comments on Instagram because yeah. we will we will get that to you. I will find a way to get that to you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so curbs. Now, mm-hmm. what are your words for yourself? Tell me. I I don't struggle as much with finding three words for myself as you do for finding three mm-hmm. words for yourself. Um, I actually find it harder to describe you because I get stressed about choosing the <laughs> right words. Well, no, because because you know, not again, not to get like too snappy or emotional, but you mean so much to me that I want the words mm-hmm. I choose to really embody like all the parts of who you are and mm-hmm. not just one thing. And I feel like every time. I've thought about this and every time I've given you words, I'm like, I could have done so much better. But anyway, (laughs) with myself, I know myself quite well by now. So the first Mm -hmm. word I would use is passionate because I am a black or white type of gal. If I love Mm -hmm. something, I am in 135 Mm percent like there's it's it's on or off for me. And I kind of love that about myself. It's a dangerous characteristic to have in the sense that that can sometimes mean I'm a little stubborn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little, things. little bit. Like, I don't know, Ariel, for example, is a great, <laughs> great um, instance where I've been too passionate one way or the other. But I think overall my passion is what defines how I communicate mm-hmm. and is one of the things that, you know, love it or leave it, just makes me who I am. The second word I would use is closely connected, but it is different, which would be energetic. I mm-hmm. teach body attack for everyone who doesn't know, which is a high intensity sports inspired cardio fitness class. And I am always pumped and ready. I I rarely have days where I feel like sluggish or lethargic. And you I were like born to teach that class. Thank your you energy so much. like it's just 
I was perfect. <laughs> Last week uh, when I was teaching, there was a new student in the class and this other lady, uh, shout out to Sandy, who was there. She goes, oh, you'll never meet her level of energy. Don't even try. Uh- You're not like <laughs> – just just try to keep up. And yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, yeah. what a compliment. Because yeah, I, I try to bring a lot of energy to everything I do and it just comes naturally to me. So, you know, shout out to my energy levels. And then third <laughs> word I would use is encouraging. I mm-hmm. love to be everyone's hype woman. I love mm-hmm. to be their personal cheerleader because I don't think people get built up enough. That's the reason that my yearbook quote was, I'm here to build you up, not tear you down. Cause like a wagon, that's how I roll. It's something, mm-hmm. it's a mantra that's a bit too long to put on a dating profile, but I do stand by that still <laughs> to this day. It's important to me to make other people feel empowered in their own life. So that's a very that. special quality to be in your top three. I think that says a lot about you. So thank you. Cool. I appreciate that. Okay, so now we have to describe each other in three words to kind of show the other side of the coin. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go yeah, first? Yeah, I want to go first. Um, okay. Yeah, I want to get this out of the way. <laughs> no, I'm just – I'm excited, okay? Okay. Um, and I am going to cheat and use four words because I could not decide which one Classic. to get rid of. Classic. So, All right. Word number one for curbs, and I feel like 95% of people that know you would use this word, so Mm -hmm. I'm just going to lay it out there so everyone knows. It's the word (laughs) creative, and Mm. everyone that's ever worked with you, gone to school with you, had a five-minute conversation with you, (sighs) can just, you know, has seen your outfits. Like, it's just like everything, you know, it's just... (laughs) So clearly, like you are a creative person, and I know you use the word expressive, it kind of mm-hmm. goes along with that. It's just like you have so much that's inside of you that is just like bursting out in all kinds of different colors and fun shapes. And you know, I'm just I'm lucky to get to be working on a creative project with you. So I oh see it more than you know, everyone else. So that's so nice. Oh my goodness. There's three more words. There's that was yeah, so nice. Three that more was words. One. <laughs> the second word I had. So did you say this word? Because I have expressive. Do we have the same? No, word? I said energetic and passionate. Energetic. Okay. So there we go. Expressive mm. word number two kind of goes hand in hand with creative. And you're super animated and you know, your reactions, like it's always fun to tell you a story and just like watch your face or even when you're telling a story and just, you know, there's like so much on there. So very expressive, animated person. Word number three Mm -hmm. is competitive. And I feel like I have noticed this, like, especially (laughs) in the past few years, like I feel like it's like, Maybe it was something that was like maybe you hit a little bit more. It was more dormant when we were first friends. And now it's just like <laughs> out in the open. Like everything is the competition. And it's just like when yeah. you say things it's like that, it's just like, whoa, I didn't even know that we – and yeah. I'm a competitive person and you put me to shame, honestly. So I did flip a table when I lost a game in a team building exercise at work. So yeah, that sounds about right. Yes. Yeah. It it did happen. (laughs) The puzzle puzzle scavenger hunt incident of like 2018. (laughs) Yeah. This is why curbs doesn't like to play games. It's a hundred percent true. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Can't take her anywhere. Word number four is thoughtful because you, like you said, you are 
everybody's like hype woman, but you're not just like doing it generically. Like you're very thoughtful in your approach. And, you know, I've always noticed this with me, like you will do like little things, like you're very intuitive to when like I'm having, you know, a rough time or a busy time or whatever. And you're just very aware of it and thoughtful in how you treat me and like little things that you'll do for me. And like being your roommate, like there was like lip guys, there was notes, there was cake, there was treats, there was mugs, like just like a very, very thoughtful person. And I always appreciated that about you. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. You're wow. Welcome. These are all such nice words. Now my anxiety is like, your words better be good. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let me crack my neck here to get <laughs> situated because um, it's a competition. I want my words to be better. No, oh, I'm no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. So since you used four, I'm also going to use four because I don't think it's fair that you got four <laughs> if I don't get to use four. So Fine. my first word for you would be determined. For those of you who don't know Lish the way that I do, it's the, uh, she's one of those people who has had a very clear idea of what she wants to accomplish in her career specifically. Since like before I even met her, like I always, you know, as soon as I met you, I knew that you were going to want to be working in animation at Disney. Mm -hmm. That's part of the reason we bonded in the first place and became such Mm -hmm. good friends is because we both had these big dreams. But unlike other people who have dreams, you actively put the work in and take the steps to get there. So whether it's taking on huge assignments at work that, you know, are going to take like all your time and energy, you know. Or if it's something small that you're like, this is just something I have to do right now to get there. You are extremely determined. And I respect that greatly about you. Not once have you wavered in what your goal is. So Mm -hmm. I love that about you. Because if you say you're going to do something, oh, girl, you best believe you're going to do it. (laughs) Unless it's starting a podcast with your best friend because you conveniently forgot that even though we don't live in the same place, we can do this through the internet. (laughs) So. That the internet. Yeah, I forgot about the internet for a second, which is a miracle. Um, I almost feel like that's something you should pat yourself on the back for because no one else in the world ever forgets about the internet. <laughs> the internet certainly doesn't forget about you. So no. okay. <laughs> second word uh would be generous. Lish, you are one of the most generous people when it comes to your words and your time. Uh, even if you are super busy with work or you're super busy with like side projects or like things you have going on, if I need even just like a modicum of your time, you will give it to me. And I know that you do that with other people as well. It's not just me. I mean, I like to think that I'm special. (laughs) If you're in Lish's corner and you need something from her, she will always give it to you. And it's always no strings attached. Like there's no, Mm -hmm. there's no cost to you to accept that beautiful gift. So whether, whether it's any sort of resource, you always are willing to give it to people. Um, And that kind of level of attention and pouring into people is so special and something that I don't think um, you necessarily get enough credit for. So Mm, I love that about you. you. You're welcome. Of course. Third word, you are one of the strongest people I know as well. And this has revealed itself to me more in kind of like behind closed doors. I'm doing a lot of hand actions right now that people can't (laughs) see, but I'm doing a closed door action. Um, You went through a very significant like personal growth period when we first lived together that a lot of people would not have seen because they Mm -hmm. weren't (laughs) your awesome roommate. But (laughs) there were there was a lot of like challenging stuff that you just had to learn about yourself that I think a lot of people would have shied away from or they would have and this is not not to make it sound like she was like an addict and had to overcome something. I just want to be clear. (laughs) It's just like it was it was more like if you're someone who 
isn't comfortable talking about your feelings and then starts to try to talk about them, you will understand kind of like where we're coming from. But when you're a university mm-hmm. student who's like being independent for the first time, trying to make it on your own, has big dreams, has big goals, is working towards them, it can be hard to like put the work in mm-hmm. like to better yourself and to understand yourself better. And I think that takes a lot of strength to do, especially when it is easier to like look the other way on those types mm-hmm. of things. And I feel like even just some of the things that life has thrown at you with your job or with, you know, relationships or whatever, you always like stand up in the face of them and you're like, but I'm going to get through it. Always, always, always. I don't ever, I don't think I've ever seen you like lay down and want to die. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's mm-hmm. not a thing. And I think yeah. in a world that is, again, not to get too deep here, but in a <laughs> world that's so plagued with like, mental illness as an epidemic in particular things like anxiety and depression i think it's incredible that you don't necessarily struggle with those the same way that other people that have kind of put in that work and done that mm-hmm. kind of atahalan deep dive dive down deep into <laughs> its sound you know not too far you'll be drowned yeah. <laughs> you've never drowned you've never yeah. drowned and it doesn't matter whether it's a soul searching mission or something like more tangible in your life you're very very strong this has been a long tangent but i just feel very <laughs> passionately about this for you and then the final word i would use is leader lish is a boss ass mm. bitch all right i know this is a family podcast but like <laughs> boss ass bitch is the only way to describe this woman she is fearless when it comes to leading a team and she will get that work done she is not afraid to put lay it down in the line the number of times when we were doing this podcast where she's like we have to get this done this is a schedule and this is what we're doing (laughs) i love it i respect it this is what you need you need someone who's willing to step up because stepping up Mm -hmm. is hard especially when it's with like your friends or your family or stuff like Mm -hmm. that and when you are in a job like yours that demands that you be a leader you have always adapted well to that and you're more than capable of it are you kidding me like for all the aforementioned reasons that I've given, but also just like so many other things I don't even have time to say. And now I'm getting stressed that I didn't pick the right words, but these are the words I'm using. All right. Those these are the words I'm using. Great words, Curves. That's what we're so using. Nice. Oh boy. So nice. Well, I'm sweating, man. Like this is really <laughs> psychoanalysis is hard work, man. It, it takes is. a lot. It takes a lot it out is. of you. Okay. But we are now at the last question. We've mm-hmm. described each other. We've described ourselves. And now it's time for us to just make a statement about what our favorite quality about ourselves mm-hmm. is. I will go first because I'm already talking. My favorite quality about myself is something we've already talked about. It's making others feel good about themselves. That's my favorite thing about myself is being kind of like holding up a mirror to people and showing them what their best qualities are or something that they can be proud of for themselves and then allowing them to like accept that. I like doing that because not enough people have that skill maybe built in. We live in a world where it's really easy to like tear yourself down. So if I can build other people up and then kind of empower them to keep being up. I love that about myself. What's so cool about that is like, that's kind of what originally like drove this princess psychoanalysis was, you know, talking about ourselves and good qualities and things that we see in each other and and other people. And Curbs literally had a birthday party where she (laughs) wrote out who was what princess and why, and all these things that she loved about them. And just like, yeah, I did do just, that. It's it's cool how connected that is to this certain podcast that we're doing right now. <laughs> this little podcast we're doing. Yes, yeah. yes. Anyway, yes. thing that I love most about myself is I would say that my like my dr- combination of my drivenness and determination and my mm-hmm. like get things done type of self combined with my like 
extroverted wanting to have fun and enjoy the process and just like be with people just that combo of like Mm -hmm. let's be productive but like let's have the best time yep also and that is kind of if I had to sum myself up Mm -hmm. my personality that really is it and it is also one of my favorite things about myself for sure. Absolutely. There's a great push and pull there. Like there's just a good balance, I think. And I think it's great that you love that about yourself because I think that is one of your greatest qualities is kind of having that dual approach to things Mm -hmm. where it's like, we got to put the work in and we got to get this done, but there's no reason why we can't have a good time doing it. Because it doesn't have to be a chore. Mm -hmm. This can be, honestly, it's a whistle while you work approach. It is. Maybe on Snow White. Am You're I? definitely not. No, no. We're good. Let's just jump right into that. This is what the people are here for. They. This is what you know. Our five listeners, friends, yeah. and family <laughs> want to know. Yeah, is who we each are. So the way we're going to do this to just drag this out for like one slight second, let you all wait just a little bit longer, is we're going to share with each other who the top three potentials mm-hmm. are, and then we'll reveal to each other who mm-hmm. we actually think the other person is. Does that sound good, Lish? Yeah, let's do it. Are you ready for this? Da 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 space for music. Sure. Do you want to go first? Okay. Yeah. All right. So my top three for you. There's two. So guys, like we said, we've done this so many times. So we've got some like reoccurring themes in both of our lives. And one reoccurring theme of curbs over the past like, I don't know, seven-ish years is been so long. Rapunzel. And mm. Rapunzel comes in and out, you know, she's mm-hmm. like, she has that creative, magnetic, artistic energy that's like bright and bubbly and that very much encompasses curbs, but it's not always the exact right fit depending right. on where you are in like a life stage with your mental health. Like it just is something mm-hmm. that kind of comes back and forth, but 100%. she is in the top three right now for sure. No question. Okay. Another one that's been a reoccurring theme over the past year has been mm-hmm. Elsa. And when we oh last kind of left off, that's who you were. You were definitely yes. an Elsa. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've talked a lot about that journey, I think, on this podcast. Check out the Frozen 2 episode yes. if you want to learn more about that. But that is definitely up there once again for you. Then number three, who I think is new. This is Hot off the press is Hot that the press. is Curbs a Mulan? Could it be? <laughs> what? I don't know. But like I wow. just she, okay. you know, we've we brought in that word creative for mm-hmm. Mulan, and I just, you know, talked for like several minutes about why that's one of your biggest qualities. So she's yeah. she's gotta be a contender. She's she must be. be. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the Mulan one is a shock to me. That is interesting. I mean, I understand where it's coming from. I also kind of love it Mm -hmm. because like I'm at that weird place in my life once again, where it's just kind of like, I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm on the edge of something. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of great Mm -hmm. if there's a different princess that kind of helps Mm-hmm. push me over the edge not like yeah. off the edge but just over the edge you know what I mean like there's there's a difference uh, over the there. hump yeah yeah over the hump yeah not off the yeah. ledge just over the hump <laughs> all right well it's similar for you my breakdown of your top three is kind of similar there's a surprise mm-hmm. and then there's you know an old faithful so 
I actually only have two for you. I'm going to be honest. I, okay. I only think there are two two contenders here for me. The first is your old faithful, which is mm-hmm. Tiana. Lish mm-hmm. has been a Tiana for, I want to say, like five years for sure. Long time. Long when time. we were long, long time Tiana, first time, you know, listener. I don't know. I don't know. That's not that's, that didn't flow as well out of my mouth as it did in my head. But when we were in university, I was the Tiana in our household yeah, because I was heads down, like heads. I have one head, head down, <laughs> doing homework, like really committed to getting a certain GPA, really committed to making it through school. So I was Tiana before Mama Odie's. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like before Naveen. Yeah. I never found a Naveen, so I never graduated from <laughs> that point. I was just always heads down. And Tiana was never really on the radar for Lish. And yet over the past five-ish years, as your career mm-hmm. has really started picking up, it's been so I don't want to use the word beautiful because it sounds like uh, like you know flowery, but it's <laughs> yeah. been beautiful to watch you fully embrace that beautiful balance Tiana finds by the end of the movie, like balancing, mm-hmm. you know, your relationship with Peter, your relationship with your family, your job, your relationship mm-hmm. with me and your other friends. Like I feel like you have found a really good rhythm for life that is fulfilling in those parts of yourself that are pursuing your goal and your dream career, mm-hmm. but also are not sacrificing those other things that give you energy and give you life mm-hmm. and define who you are as a whole person. You're no longer only looking at one little slice of your life. You're looking at the whole pie and that whole pie mm-hmm. is friggin' delicious. And I love, I have, I have loved watching that evolution for you because you've gone through the whole kind of like Tiana arc and it's yeah. wonderful. Mm-hmm. So I love that. So she's the old faithful. The surprise though, mm-hmm. real sneaky surprise. I know you know who it is. I know you know because we've already talked about this. Spoiler. Yeah. But Anna is on, right? is Anna the table. Okay. Now listen, this is a shock for everybody because Lish mm-hmm. had no interest in Anna in the first one. Like literally none. Yeah. She was all team Elsa. I was team Anna in Frozen 1. And then Frozen 2 happened and it was just kind of like, you know. I, it, it's not even when Frozen 2 happened. Like it's literally like in the past month. Yeah, it's true. It's happened like, very, very quickly where you're up. like – where you were kind of like rooting for her, you were interested in her, you were exploring her a bit more. And I think the thing that, again, that I love about Anna for you is, again, it's that dichotomy. But unlike with Tiana, where it's kind of like work and play, with Anna, it's like a sense of responsibility and that leadership piece with the play. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's an interesting new phase you're moving into where you're kind of in all areas of your life assuming more of a leadership role and like owning those things as opposed to just mm-hmm. letting them define you if that makes sense like you're yeah. you're defining them they're not defining yeah. you and i think that's cool so now now we must decide who is who what is the truth where are we who are we <laughs> who are we yes yeah, so who um, are we <laughs> So I'm just going to remove puns from the equation for no you. Puns. No, no puns. No puns. Not Five right puns. now. We'll I'm see sure you later, punsy. She'll be oh, back, yeah. but no, she's, just, she's She's honestly just right hanging now. up going, okay, see you later. Like she's literally yeah. just off to the side, yeah. And then that leaves us with Elsa and Mulan. And I mm-hmm. feel like I have given this a lot of thought over the past few days. I've thought about really nothing else. But <laughs> between which one? of these you are and Elsa for you really 
encapsulates a certain moment in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that moment has somewhat passed Mm -hmm. for now. And I know that's like something that's challenging that we're kind of in like a new phase. But I think that Mulan and just like the creativity, the intelligence, and just the like discovery phase that Mulan Mm. is in during Mm -hmm. this film, I think that just fits with you right now. Wow. So I think she's going (sighs) to be the winner. Oh my god. For me. I mean, this- the sorting hat takes your opinion into account. So No, I you're, no, you like I it? I do like it. It's it's weird because I've never put her on. You know what I mean? Like I've I never I've weird. never thought that I could be a Mulan. This feels mm-hmm. this feels very momentous for me. But I do I do like what you're saying about the kind of like it resonates with me, this idea that I'm like figuring things out. Cause mm-hmm. When I was in my Elsa stage, I had a very specific goal. I like really yeah. knew where I was going. I knew what the next right thing was for me. I knew what the mm-hmm. next step was. And I don't necessarily have that sort of like committed laser focus right now. Mm-hmm. There's like a few kind of like things up in the air. But no, I like it. I think I like mm-hmm. it. Okay. Wow. You nailed it in then. Okay. Well, I mean, for you then, mm-hmm. are you ready for this? Yeah, I don't think it. you are. Okay. Well, I think you're an Anna. I think we oh, have transitioned from so Tiana weird. to just Anna. I really do. It's so weird. That's not, I never thought that would be the case. I know. I know. It's wild. And like, I just, it feels right though. I feel like we're mm-hmm. both at places in our lives where. It makes sense for us to be assuming different princess identities yeah. because I feel like even though things kind of look the same, the pandemic has put all of us through a bunch of different things and a bunch of different challenges that it would be odd if we stayed the same on the other side. Like I feel yeah. like it doesn't make sense for us to stay the same. So, And I feel like that's why this is such like a good exercise for people to do right now because it really helps you evaluate what may have you know changed in you and like things that maybe you didn't know about yourself that you've Mm -hmm. learned over the past year which right is basically like why we are these people wow i really feel like we went on a journey there Who knew we'd both end up as princesses we've never been before? And not only that, but princesses neither of us have ever really considered for ourselves. Honestly, though. Good thing we recorded this. Now we'll never forget this momentous occasion. Absolutely. And if you're looking for more shenanigans like these, make sure to subscribe to the Scenario D podcast wherever you love to listen. And better yet, why not rate us? Those stars go a long way. And as always, don't forget to catch us on Instagram at Scenario D Podcast. You're going to love all the magic we're making there. Mm-hmm.